Hello, hello, it's Chandra, and welcome back to Sunshine on a Dime, the travel podcast bringing you resources, tips, and stories from my travel experiences to help make your travel dreams a reality. So today I'm joined with Lisa Green, who I met in Isla Mujeres, an island just off the coast of Cancun. And wow, we were absolutely paradise living. So here we were, we were just like sitting in a pool overlooking the ocean, just chatting away. And she just drops the fact that she's also somehow here working and making money. Like what? So that's a big reason why I'm really excited to have her on the show today to explain a little more about how she makes that possible. So Lisa currently works remotely in project management with a tech startup called Chain.io. She has always had a love for travel and seems to have cracked the code for how to successfully meld work and travel together. So welcome, welcome, Lisa. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you. Thank you. That was such a warm welcome. I love that introduction. And now I miss Mexico. (laughs) Me too, girl. One day we'll be back. (laughs) Yes, definitely. Um, Yeah. So a question I'd love to start out with is where are you in the world right now? I am currently in Budapest, Hungary. So I'm actually on a European tour. I started in Oslo, Norway, and then I went to Stockholm, Sweden, Copenhagen, Denmark. Now I'm in Budapest. Next, I'll go to Prague, and then a few cities in Germany, and then who knows where after, but somewhere in Europe. So I'll be here until about the full three months that we get in Europe. Wow, you're really making the most of those three months. That is amazing. Um, (laughs) So I guess to start out, I'd love to understand a little bit more about what a travel nomad is. Sure. It's so funny because that's kind of the million dollar question right now, (laughs) especially with more people being remote. Um, To me, a travel nomad is someone that doesn't really have one permanent space and they don't stay there for a long time and they're just enjoying a different city or a different state or country and being able to move around without kind of any struggles of worrying about rent back home or any other bills and having that freedom. Yeah, no, it definitely is something that I think the whole world is coming out of COVID and just is trying to figure out, okay, how is this possible? I know people are doing it, but it seems like a big leap, a big test. (laughs) Definitely. Um, but yeah, I'd love if you could share a little bit about like how you discovered this option for yourself. Sure. So I guess when I was younger, actually, no, when I was in college, I studied abroad in France for a semester, fell in love with living abroad, but back then it wasn't really a thing to work remotely. Um, and definitely not a, a nomad or a digital nomad was not a thing. Um, so when I came back home, I was trying to figure out how can I move abroad? And back then it was really, you have to speak a foreign language fluently in order to live in that country. Mm-hmm. Um, so just kind of in the back of my mind, I kept thinking about it. And then fast forward a few years later, I moved to China for two and a half years. And I worked with a Chinese company while I was there. And I would meet so many people that were actually doing the whole traveling nomad lifestyle. I was just blown away and I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. So I would just ask everybody that I met, what do you do? How do you get there? How did you find your company? You know, what did you study? And I just kind of took mental notes for, I think he had a full two and a half years. And then I remember there was one guy that I met. He was actually from America. I think it was actually in Thailand 
on like the back of a truck. <laughs> if you've been to Thailand, you know the sketchiness of being on the back of a truck. And we were just talking and he was like, you know, if you really want a happy life, do what you love, travel, the money will come. And I was like, yes, that's amazing. And then I was like, wait, how do I make that happen? Um, and then when I came back home from China, I worked with a company where I had two days in the office, three days remote from home. And there I started to like travel a little bit domestically, like to visit some friends in a different state or extend a vacation. Um, and then I was like, okay, I need to make this happen full time. So I just looked up the tech startup world and how do I get a job there? And I spent hours and hours and almost about almost a year. And then I finally landed my first startup job, um, which was based out of New York. And that was a great, great experience, but I didn't have the freedom and the flexibility to travel as much with the different time zones. And then literally this job kind of fell into my lap and we have no office. So we're remote first um, and they don't care where I work in the world at all. So now I'm able to actually travel the entire time. Like I've been with this company now for a year and two months and I've been traveling for about a year. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. And that's, I mean, I think it's also, I was, I was also in that whole corporate ladder climbing lifestyle originally kind of like, that's what we were told go to college, get a great corporate job and build your way up to the top. And then when you retire, you can travel full time, but I just wanted to make it happen. Now I didn't want to wait. till I was old and sick and you know, you don't know what happened. So. I just wanted to make it happen and here I am. And here you are. Oh my gosh, in Europe. So <laughs> yeah. you said you're going to be traveling for three months. Um, are you planning, like, is there a home base that you call home in between your trips or are you really just out abroad all the time? Just out abroad all the time. Um, that's actually something I'm thinking about doing next year is kind of having a central home base somewhere outside of the U.S. But for now, I'm just living out of a suitcase, which I love. And then I also have a few friends around Europe that's kind of like, oh, you can come stay at my house for a few weeks. You can leave some of your stuff here if you need it. But no, I'm 100% homeless. Wow, <laughs> that's amazing. So yeah. I mean, I guess that's probably also a really cool thing about being a travel nomad, traveling all the time is you can meet other travel nomads, kind of nudge, nudge, hey, if I'm ever here, maybe I can stay with you. A hundred percent. It happens way more often than you think. I mean, I feel like the more that I travel, you just meet people that are just genuinely kind and nice and they love to connect with other people from different countries. So it's always an open invitation. And then when you actually meet up with them again, it's almost like a family reunion, even though you've only met them maybe one time and like a pool in Mexico or a bar in a random country. It's almost like, oh, we're family reunited. Wow. That's really, really beautiful. Um, so yeah, you mentioned that you're kind of full-time living out of a suitcase, going from place to place, and you love that. Um, but there's a people out there that probably wouldn't love that. So I'm wondering what kind of skills or personality traits do you think maybe would align well with the lifestyle of a travel nomad? Good question. Um, I mean, there's not one way that you can live this lifestyle. You definitely can have more of a permanent base. Earlier when I was in Mexico, I did have an apartment for about three and a half months in Playa del Carmen. Um, and that was nice to kind of set up shop and not live out of a bag and kind of have 
just like the same home you come to every single night and kind of have your own your own space. Um, but it's really just having that adventurous spirit, that flexibility, and kind of really going with the flow because you don't know what's going to happen. But for me, I love the adventure of not knowing what may happen tomorrow or flying into a new city and figuring out where I'm going to stay before I land. So I think it's it's definitely a combination. If you're adventurous and flexible, then that full-time travel is great for you. But if you still want to have the lifestyle, but you're not that adventurous, then definitely getting like an Airbnb apartment or somewhere more of a long-term stay will definitely work as well. Nice. Okay. Yeah, so it sounds like there's a lot of different ways that you can make this happen. Um, definitely. But for you, what's like a day in the life? Day in the life. Okay. So I'll talk currently um, being six hours ahead. So currently I'm still working the U.S. East Coast nine to five schedule. So here I don't start work until about 3 p.m. So which is why I love being in Europe. Um, so I like to wake up in the mornings and have a lazy morning, have my coffee, walk around a neighborhood, just kind of sit for a bit. People watch, you know, kind of see the culture of the city and how everyone moves around in the morning. Um, and then I'll usually find something to explore, whether I have some museums, some castles, especially here in Europe, um, kind of anything that I want to explore, kind of that touristy side, I'll do that in the day. And then I'll find like a really nice cafe for lunch. And that's kind of where I'll set up and I'll like check my computer for work and kind of see how my day looks. Um, if I have a heavy meeting day, then I'll either go back to my hostel to kind of get ready or if it's not too heavy, I'll sometimes work from the cafes or I'll still kind of travel around and work from my phone. Um, so I try to have a good balance of being outside, seeing a lot of attractions, but also making sure that like I'm focused when it comes to work and that I already know ahead of time how my day looks. And then usually in the evenings, I'm open. Um, here it's a little bit harder since I do finish work usually around like 11 p.m. But for example, when I was in Mexico and Guatemala and Peru, it was an hour or two behind. So I actually finished work at 3 p.m. So that was the opposite. So I would work early in the morning and then I would have the whole afternoon and evening to explore the city and hang out and have fun. Wow. Yeah, I guess I didn't think so much about the fact that you're still working on their time zone. It doesn't matter where you are. So you kind of have to be someone that's able to adapt to, okay, maybe I'm working really early here, really late here, and going from that. And I mean, there is options where I could work the local time zone, um, but I just like the flexibility of having a full day, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... While you're kind of out and you're doing fun stuff and then you're kind of like seeing your workload and coming back, would you say that like comparing that to when you were living kind of you, what did you call like the climbing that corporate ladder, would you say your productivity levels differ while you're traveling versus while you're actually physically in the office? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. For me, I don't like to be in an office, I don't like that routine of the same thing every day. You wake up, drive to the same commute, sit in the same desk, see the same people, drive back home and the commute, go home. Um, for me, it was very draining and I just kind of just felt motivated. And now it's, it's like night and day. I can tell a difference when I am traveling, I'm way more productive. Um, I've gotten a raise while I've been traveling. Um, it's just, I think it's reflected when you're truly happy, no matter what that is for you, it reflects. 
So my job knows that me traveling makes me a happier person. I'm more productive and they actually encourage me to keep traveling. They love it. Yeah, I mean, I guess if I feel like, yeah, if you can show a strong work ethic wherever you are in the world, your company really has no issue with that. They're probably excited. And I think you mentioned when you were in Mexico that like you'd hop on the calls and everyone was so excited to know like where you are now in the world. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I think that's just with anything like when you're happier on the inside and you're truly doing something that you love, it just radiates with everything, whether it's your work productivity, with your family, with your friends, everything kind of is just better for you when you're happier no I totally agree with that where you're like inside you feel good and that's what you're able to kind of reflect to the world and especially in like the work environment where we're spending so much time that's really really important so (laughs) what would you say are like your number one perks of the travel nomad lifestyle okay there's so many but I would say the number one is honestly the freedom and the flexibility Um, because I really can move depending on how I feel. If I want to be at the beach in the sun, I can hop on a a plane to somewhere warm and go lay out on an island somewhere. Or if I want to explore more of a city, I can just hop on a plane. So I think for me, I'm able to really accommodate my surroundings to match how I'm feeling. And would you say there are any downsides? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, There are a lot of sacrifices that you have to make. One of them mainly being not being home around your family and your friends. So you do miss certain milestones. Like for example, this summer, my nephew was born. I was in Guatemala um, and I was able to see him when I went home, but now it's kind of watching him grow up through pictures as opposed to being there in person. Friends that get married, you miss those events. Um, So it's definitely a sacrifice that you do have to kind of trade off but for me, it's kind of like when I do go home, I shower them with so much love. It kind of makes up for the time gone. Mm, okay, that makes sense. And kind of like going off of those connections that you have with family and friends, as someone who is traveling solo um, and moving a lot, how do you kind of balance making connections with people? And yeah. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's it's a lot easier than you would think. Um, Sometimes it's too much. <laughs> um, I think it's really, it's, it depends. You don't have to be a super extroverted person. But so if I'm in a mood to be social, I'll stay in hostels where you know you're going to interact with people by force. You're going to have five to 10 friends just with that week. Or if I kind of want to have more alone time, I'll book a hotel or an apartment and kind of keep myself. Also, Facebook groups have been amazing, amazing. There's some really good ones, like Gone Girl International is a good one, and they have different groups for cities. So you can always post, hey, I'm in Budapest for the week. If anyone wants to grab coffee or see this, it's a great way to meet other people and hang out. So it's actually, I think I'm more social when I travel than when I'm at home. No, I feel the same way. Like you just for some reason, especially when you're on your own, it's just like, okay, sink or swim. If I want to talk to people, I got to go out there and find them. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I feel like people are more open to talk to you when you're by yourself, as opposed if you're traveling with friends, people don't really approach you to talk as much. Yeah, no, I found the exact same thing, which is a big reason why I'm always telling people how much I love solo travel. Yeah, and and it's not because I don't want to travel with my friends. It's just such a different experience. Yeah, definitely. But um, yeah, you were kind of talking a bit about like 
your accommodation versus sometimes you're going to stay in hostels, sometimes you'll book into an Airbnb or, or a hotel. How do you kind of look and find accommodation that includes your work needs? Yeah, so I'm actually a very big stickler on spreadsheets. I do a lot of kind of random research where I'll just create spreadsheets for random countries and random cities before I even plan to travel. So I'm just kind of already pricing to say, oh, if I wanted to go to Australia, what would that look like? Um, and then once I decide to actually go somewhere, I really just look at Wi-Fi is the number one thing. What's the Wi-Fi speed? Um, that is sink or swim as a travel nomad for work, um, especially because yes, you can go to like a co-working space but it's better to be able to work from home or just roll over in the bed and, and log into your computer. Um, I use I use about three or four sites. So I'll do Hostelworld, Booking.com, Airbnb, and Facebook. I'll just search Facebook groups and see it where other people have posted and where they stayed and kind of read the reviews and the prices. So it's really just balancing out multiple sites. Okay. And... Yeah. Okay. So that's really interesting kind of going back and forth, trying to figure that out. But it's true that you're not having to pay rent while you're abroad, but you are still paying for food out, transportation, accommodation. How would you say, I guess, that your living expenses compare working at home versus working abroad? Oh, it's like night and day. I'm saving so much more money by traveling only because you don't have all the extra expenses of you know, electricity bill, water bill, uh, cable, Wi-Fi, you know, car insurance, gas, all those other aspects add up to the cost of living back home. Um, even for example, when I had the apartment in Mexico, all I had to pay was rent. It included electricity, Wi-Fi. I mean, I had two smart TVs in the apartment and even that was significantly cheaper than my apartment that I had in the US. So it's really, Yes, yeah, so if, if I go somewhere super expensive, like like Norway, that would be a lot more expensive to do a monthly apartment there. But for the short-term travels and staying at hostels, that's the main way that I can make my dollar stretch so much further when I travel and still save as well, because you still want to be financially responsible, even though you're traveling. Right. I Wow, I love that you said all that, because I think that there's such a mentality around you're traveling full time. You're you're literally living like it seems like you're on vacation, and you're going to all these amazing <laughs> places. And you're also able to work. And I think a lot of questions people might have, kind of maybe in the back of their head, or even ask you, is like, how do you afford that? And it's awesome to hear that. Like, it's actually way cheaper to do that than to be living at home. Definitely. And I mean, there are different travel style so I actually have some friends that would never stay in a hostel so they only stay in like hotels or an Airbnb so of course their costs are a lot higher but I think anywhere it can really be affordable I mean it's just kind of researching ahead of time and making sure that whatever you can afford that you're actually staying within that budget Hey, hey, if you're not doing so already, please give us a follow on Instagram at Sunshine Dime Podcast. And in the bio, you can find our website, blog, and TikTok as well. So you're far away from your company, even though it sounds like your company is fully remote. 
Do you still feel a connection to your coworkers and your company, even though you're all so geographically far away? Yeah, definitely. This is actually a really, really good question. Um, so my company does a really good job of creating a culture within the remote space. So we have, we use Slack to communicate and we have a lot of channels that are not work related. So we talk about food, travel, family, music, um, everything working out. And we have people that are, they're not HR, they're now considered people operations and they really help to encourage different conversations. So sometimes if maybe it's been a few days, they'll post some articles or they'll post some thought provoking questions, just that we're all communicating with each other. That's not work related. Also, it's really just making an effort, you know, reaching out to people and just kind of sending a message. Hey, how's it going? How was your day? You know, because in the office, you see that person every day and you're forced to have those conversations. But now I'm kind of excited to ask people how their weekend was because I'm not seeing them every single day. Um, but I do have some other people who work remotely and their company does not have that type of atmosphere. So I think it's a really good combination of your company putting an effort as well as you. Yeah, because what we were kind of talking about before is like you work in a tech startup. The world of travel nomads and remote working right now is kind of exploding and you can work in a lot of different fields and in a lot of different working environments. And even that there's co-working spaces that you can work from sometimes and even those will have like their own kind of meetup and like get together like a nice little happy hour. My company does that too. Sometimes we'll have like a virtual lunch or a virtual happy mm -hmm. hour to kind of encourage each other to communicate that's outside of work. Like even though we do work, but we want to make sure that we're not just talking about work. Because I think if you only talk about work, you're not going to have a good relationship. No, yeah, that's been, that's important. And I think that the first thing that really kind of like tipped me off to that there were actually a lot of people doing this is when I was traveling, um, I would meet people and we would, it would seem like we were almost living the same lifestyle, enjoying the same things until I found out, okay, wow, these people are also working while they're traveling. And this was not rare. This is actually a, like a lot of people do this. I know that a lot of hostels nowadays will kind of advertise that they can accommodate travel nomads. Um, so yes, I think yes. I'd love to know more about your opinion on like the scope of like where this is now and where you think it might kind of lead in the future. Oh yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely here to stay. I think because, and mainly for US companies because of COVID, they actually see the value of remote work. Whereas before it really wasn't that big of a possibility. So now that it's here to stay and companies like mine are not having an office. So I think we're gonna see, I mean, like by the next generation, I think it's gonna be a norm to see more of these co-working, co-living spaces, um, like similar to a branch like a Selena, where they have a dedicated co-working office. So people are working while they're able to enjoy that city while they're traveling. So I think we're only gonna see more options, better options. Um, just accommodate more people with the different types of travel styles as well. Yeah. So yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, what is a Selena? Sure. So a Selena is a brand or a chain similar to like a Hilton or a Marriott, and they provide a the idea where work, travel, and play at the same place. So they have their hostels, and then they usually offer either a co-working space in the same building or they may have a separate co-working office like next door. So you're able to travel and have that 
hostel lifestyle and then have an actual full-fledged office to work from. Yeah, I, I didn't even know that. The first time I started staying at Selena's that that was kind of like their whole thing is trying to f- figure out how to meld work and play in a place to allow yeah. people to live. And they're all over. I mean, my first one was actually in Lisbon in Portugal. And then I mean, I've stayed in one in Isla, obviously, <laughs> Isla Mujeres. I stayed in one in Peru. Um, I did stay in Guatemala. I think I've been at like four locations now. So they're really all over the world too. And then you kind of know the standard that you're getting. And for me, I know when I see Selena, I know I can work with great Wi-Fi. So for me, it's kind of seeing that name. I know they're going to have a good place for me to work. Yeah. So that's really nice to kind of keep, even though you're traveling all the time and there's still something, there's still some things that are constant, which is really nice. Like you see a Selena and you're like, okay, I know I can stay there. I know that's a place because it must be kind of, I mean, I want to know from you traveling all the time, you're making a lot of different plans as you go, as well as like thinking about work. So how do you kind of juggle between travel itineraries, work itinerary, fun itinerary, everything? (laughs) Um, merge all your calendars. Um, I merge every calendar that I have. And I mean, I just check it every morning. Um, I kind of do a cross-reference check of my like personal calendar for my traveling, my work calendar, and then my different time zones. Um, like for example, I, I had a mishap almost this past week when I was flying out, I had a 10 PM flight and I didn't realize that I had a meeting that ended at, um, nine o'clock. And I hate taking meetings at the airport because it's so loud and the Wi-Fi is like not always consistent there. And so I was kind of like, dang, Lisa. (laughs) But it happens. Like you really have to just kind of be a lot more preparation goes in the front. So like normally when I travel somewhere, I'll kind of already plan out what meetings I have, what things I'm going to do based on that time zone. Um, And I check my calendar like honestly all the time. And that's just for me to like, okay, I know what I can do. I know what time it is, but just to make sure. Um, and then also I'm very fortunate with my company. I don't have to have surprise meetings. I can push back. So if somebody wanted to message me right now, for example, and say, hey, can you hop in a meeting? I can say no. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just kind of having that good balance, like your work-life balance and merging your calendars. Merge <laughs> your calendars, check your calendars. That's life-saving. <laughs> Well, okay. That's a good tip. (laughs) Um, Yeah, definitely. But aside from like the logistics of how it all works, like, I guess I want to know a little deeper about why you do this and why you continue to want to keep doing this. (laughs) That's a great question. I don't know the why. I think the more that I travel, I just kind of feel more like myself. Um, And for me, it's, I'd much rather be out traveling and exploring a new city than being at home and after work having that routine. So it kind of gives me more of that adventure. Um, And it really just keeps me excited because you really don't know what's going to happen. I have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow, especially when you don't speak the language. Um, So for me, that's kind of like my adrenaline rush is traveling around in new cities. But I personally don't like routine. So being in a routine lifestyle does not work for me at all. Yeah. So it sounds like, 
a lot of people have this great idea about what a travel nomad is and you're always on vacation and it's amazing. <laughs> but in reality, you got to like, I, I like what you said, what you did at the beginning of you took like those couple days um, to travel domestically and you kind of made sure that maybe this is something I want to do before you took that full leap. Because I feel like a lot of people right. have this great idea about what it is. And in reality, there's <laughs> there's a lot that goes into it, it sounds like. Definitely there is. I mean, you really have to have that flexibility and like even within your personality and your mindset because anything can happen. You can arrive at a city, the accommodation can be overbooked. You, they can cancel on you. Your flight can be canceled. Your train, you can miss the train. You can miss the flight. Um, I think it's really just, it's a personal thing, you know, but at the same time, you really have to be self-aware and not overexhaust yourself because travel exhaustion is real. So I always make sure that no matter where I go, um, every two weeks I try to go to the spa and just get a massage and kind of relax and just take care of my body because buses, trains, planes, different beds are not always comfortable as we know. So, um, but also I'll take time and like, even now I can feel it. I'll probably find somewhere and stay for about two to three weeks and just kind of settle in one place while I travel. Um, but I think it's really just being aware of your body, knowing when to stop. Um, if you need a week off, take a week vacation. Cause even though it's like we're in vacation, it's not vacation. Right. Cause we're almost balancing two lives, right? A work life and then the travel life. But it's really being aware of knowing when to sit down. And sometimes I don't explore a lot of cities. Um, sometimes I'll just hang out in like my Airbnb for the week and just Uber eats food all week. And that'll be the most relaxing thing ever. And sometimes I'll say, I really don't want to explore the city and I'm okay with that. Yeah, I think that something I experienced for the first time was like what you're talking about, like the travel exhaustion or the travel burnout is you are constantly moving and going and trying to listen to your body and say, yeah, it's okay that I'm not going to go do this all the time, especially when you're living full time like that to... Ooh, take a breath. I love that you go to the spa. What did you say? Twice, twice a month. Oh, oh yeah, at least twice a month. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Got to make yeah. your priorities. You Definitely. have to because you still have to take care of you and like make sure that you're good and that you know everything is is fine. Because when you're by yourself, like you're responsible to check in. You don't have you know your friends or your family to be like, hey, you look a little bit tired or hey, you don't look so well. So it's really on you to just make sure. Oh, and eating. Like, that's another big thing is you really have to make sure you're eating a lot more consciously because it's it's real to get sick out here when you travel. Yeah. <laughs> we definitely got a podcast episode lined up about sickness and injury abroad because that is very real. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> but, yeah, you just mentioned that you, like, you don't really have anyone, I guess, to fall back on per se when you're out in the world traveling by yourself. Do you ever find yourself getting lonely or like maybe when you do get sick, how do you kind of cope with the fact that you are in a foreign country by yourself for most of your time living? Honestly, I don't really have that issue because you meet people all the time. It's almost like the moment you start to be like, man, like, for example, when I was in Oslo and it was great to have the room to myself for the whole week but that hostel wasn't very social. So there really wasn't that many like activities going on. And then my last night there, this girl came and she was amazing and we hit it off. And then she ended up coming to Stockholm and we hung out for a day there. So I think it's really, the universe knows what you need. 
and when you need someone to like be social with you'll just randomly meet the like perfect person to hang out with for that day so I mean, it, it really doesn't get that bad um, personally for me, but it's also like doing that self-care and check-in and making sure that like your mental health is honestly very, very stable when you travel. Because that anything could happen, you know, you try to plan out the perfect trip and then your plan can get canceled. You can miss your train, you know, you go to your hostel and you hate it or whatever. So it's all these things that could affect you. Um, I think it's really like the mental health part is a big deal too. Yeah, definitely. We're also we're also planning another episode about that as well. But definitely seems like you have to be like well with adaptability when you're when you're living a lifestyle like this. It sounds like you definitely have your bumps in the road in the beginning. One hundred percent. I mean, booking the wrong dates, booking the wrong cities. I mean, it definitely happens. I've had days where I've missed like four trains in a row and I just could not make my train. Like, wow. You know, and I was like, forget it. I'm just going to book a hotel, sleep it off and try them tomorrow so you definitely have your good days and your horrible days mm. so yeah it sounds like it's also definitely a learning curve <laughs> Mhm. definitely so like yeah like we talked about a little bit that this is kind of exploding now the world of remote working and it's growing pretty fast would you have like what advice do you have for someone maybe who was maybe in shoes like you interested in this don't really know where to start or maybe even if this is right for them like what advice would you maybe give to someone like that yeah so i would say um go to the cheaper countries first and test it out you know um also try to stay off of social media to compare what other people are doing because that will definitely give you that insecurity of oh i can't afford that lifestyle um and in reality most people on social media can't afford their lifestyle either um also for me i kind of didn't tell a lot of people i wanted to do it because once you start telling people you kind of get some negative energy that could talk you out of it um Go to YouTube, YouTube videos all day, all night long. I became obsessed with YouTube videos. And that's when I really learned like the different costs in each city or each country. Um, and give yourself a plan, like give yourself six months of just kind of falling back, let go of your social life, just really focus on what you want to do to travel. Start building up your travel supplies, like the right travel backpack, the right travel bottles, different things like that, clothes, shoes. Um, I think if you really focus for about six months, anything is literally possible, honestly. Um, but start off with those cheap countries that actually make it easier. Like I started, I guess, backpacking or hostels in Southeast Asia. And there it's so affordable where you can, you know, if you have $500, you can survive a month there. So that would be a great place to start as opposed to coming somewhere like Europe where it's 10 times more expensive. And you'll probably, I've, I've had friends have to leave, they just didn't budget properly. Mm. And make a budget, make a budget, find a budget, you know, Google someone that makes a, like a spreadsheet or a budget and use that and start tracking your spending now. And that definitely helps you. Yeah, okay, that's all <laughs> really, really awesome advice. And you were saying, yeah, like doing your research about the right backpacks, the right supplies that you need, which I, yeah, I guess jumping off of that is true because you mentioned that you are obviously living full time out of your suitcase, out of your backpack. How do you kind of prioritize what you're traveling with, what you're bringing if you're moving around so much? <laughs> you really don't. I mean, it's it depends, right? So 
like this is the first time where I've really been in cold places so having to have like sweaters and like a coat and scarf is a little bit difficult because I only do a carry-on but I've also had years of practice where when you travel somewhere and you have a big bag of clothes and you realize that you wore four outfits the whole week or if you go somewhere like Mexico where you'll be in a bathing suit every day all you need is like two dresses maybe a pair of shorts and you're fine for no matter how long you're there um also there's something that I do is if I travel somewhere I'll buy clothes while I'm there I'll look for places like um especially when I was in Portugal it worked out perfectly they had these secondhand shops called Humana but they had really nice clothes like Zara and Mango and like you know not more of like your goodwill throwaway clothes and then I could buy those for dirt cheap like three or five euros and then I could donate them back when I left so kind of recycling clothes um and it's really you don't need that many clothes like you're not wearing a different outfit every day it's not a fashion show I'm not on vacation like this is real life I'm normally in leggings and a t-shirt almost every day so it's it really just depends on you know like accepting what you want to carry because the more stuff you pack the more you have to carry and when you have stairs or like hills to walk on you learn not to pack a bunch of stuff yeah i just want to give you some serious snaps <laughs> for the fact that you also only bring a travel like a carry-on because yeah. that's exactly how i love to travel people think i'm crazy for it sometimes but it is so worth it when you realize okay i actually have to carry this all this stuff on my back oh it's, yeah and then it gets more expensive like now with the travel flights you have to pay to check your bags and that can be the double the price of the flight so instead of a flight being 35 dollars, you're paying 50 or 75 so it's actually yeah. more expensive to travel around and you don't wear this stuff like <laughs> we don't wear it. but I also kind of developed like to become a minimalist a few years ago too so that also helps a lot yeah no I definitely your perspective on material things definitely changes when you have to be physically carrying them when you're going yeah <laughs> and then it's cool to like be in a place and you see how they dress and you're like oh I want to wear some of their clothes or their styles so you, you don't want to give yourself room to like play around with clothes too yeah and I love what you were saying yeah, about going to find those secondhand shops and then kind of like leaving it when you go and that's also kind of fun you get to keep changing out your wardrobe as you're going and adapting to where <laughs> exactly. you are kind of mm-hmm. like starting yep. like you're coming in with like a whole new persona as you keep traveling that's really, really cool. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. And then you just have like the freedom. Like, you're like, oh, like I just cut my hair off and dyed it blonde. And I was like, why not? Yeah. But I think if I was still back home working in the corporate office, I would have never done it. Yeah. I liked what you were saying um, also about how, like, when you were giving advice to people saying that, like, you didn't tell anyone at the beginning because maybe there were people that would maybe try and talk you out of it. And I think maybe a big thing that holds a lot of people back from doing that like kind of taking that leap is the people back home maybe saying what are you doing why are you doing this this is a bad idea blah 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 where when you're actually out there and you're surrounded by other people that are doing it that is where you find Mm -hmm. the right community so kind of doing what you were saying to kind of maybe start in a cheaper country take that initial leap find that community and maybe gain some of your inspiration there because home you're not getting that Exactly. It's just a different mindset. Like people at home aren't traveling. They don't understand that lifestyle. Some of them have no interest in it. So they really can't encourage you because they just, it's not for them. But when you find people that travel like you, it it makes it so much easier. And then 
everyone that I meet has like taught me different tips and tricks. So it, it always gets better the more you travel. Yeah. And you were talking about like sometimes you're traveling and you say you maybe like need a vacation or you need to take a break. How do you like, obviously when I look at your Instagram or when people look at travel nomads, like it looks incredible. Like, wow, it looks like you're on vacation all the time, but how do you differentiate like travel being a nom like a travel nomad, taking a vacation, where do you, where does that line kind of get drawn? Yeah. So usually when I have an actual vacation and I take time off of work, it's usually no computer. I'm barely on my phone and I'm just actually having fun and relaxing. Um, and I try to remember to do that. I mean, Sometimes I'll do like a three-day weekend somewhere. Like I'll take off a Monday or a Friday because I don't need that much time because I'm usually already in a great destination. Um, but it's really just not being on my phone, not being on my computer, like I said. Um, and I'll just book something like on the water, like on the beach, and I'll just lay out on the beach for a few days. And to me, that's the reset that I need. So knowing what you like and what is like your, whatever makes you calm and kind of reset, just really finding those spaces to do it. Kind of what I'm wondering, like you said, you've been working at this company for a little over a year now. Um, mm-hmm. I want to know what's next for you, where where you're headed, if you're content doing this for a while, you know, like where you think you're going from here. Ah, what's the plan? The plan is to take over the world, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, so, I mean, I'm in such a really great space with this company that it's for me, it's like a dream company, dream company. I have a dream boss. So it's definitely somewhere that I'll definitely see myself, um, I think for a while, but now I just have kind of more freedom to pursue like my personal goals that I want to do outside. Like for example, I've stayed at so many hostels now, like I want to make my own and have it more geared towards women and minorities to give us more of a free space to go and travel. Um, Cause you just, after staying in so many, you kind of take notes of like, man, if we, if you would change this or if you would do this, it's like the perfect place. Um, and then just really kind of exploring entrepreneurship. I mean, it's something that I never thought of in America, but now that I'm traveling, I'm meeting so many people who do it, that it just makes sense. Like learning to monetize your passions is like the next step for me that I didn't realize was that easy. And now that I'm in spaces with people that blink their eye and start a company I'm like oh yeah this is this is what I want to do then I have more money and I can travel (laughs) to more places and you know explore nicer places so yeah Yeah. and what I love about traveling in terms of being a nomad or just traveling is you're constantly growing you're constantly meeting new people and you're constantly having your previous ideas about how the world work like just kind of thrown out the window and rebuilt again yeah I mean, I I knew that would happen, but I didn't know just how strongly I would feel about it. And now, I mean, that the typical corporate America job, you could never pay me enough to go back, <laughs> ever, ever, ever. Like, I'd rather sell fruit on a beach in Mexico than go back to a corporate office. <laughs> wow. Well, it really seems like you are, you are, you crack the code, you're living like your dream life right now, which is just so wonderful to see. And yeah, I'm just so thank you so much for coming on the show today, sharing some awesome wisdom about the world of travel nomads and how it maybe can be possible for other people who are interested. Really, really inspiring. I'm wondering, like, do you have anything else to add? 
Um, I think the biggest thing that I just want to add is like anyone can do it. You know, yes, you may see certain photos on Instagram where you think it's this whole complicated thing, but really just buy a passport or get your passport, buy a one-way flight and just experience life outside of your comfort zone and really see like what's out there because that's when you truly figure out who you are as a person. And that's when alignment happens and things just fall into your lap and life gets so much better when you're alive. No, I agree. It's like what you were saying before about the universe just kind of knows. <laughs> it knows. But it doesn't know unless you tell it, right? Yeah. If you're sitting at home and not traveling, how does the universe know you want to travel unless you're out here pursuing it and making it happen? Mm-hmm. Baby steps, baby steps. Don't do it. It doesn't have to happen right away. It's okay to take time and like build yourself up to that point too. Nothing happens overnight. Yeah. Sounds like it's definitely a process that you got to work for, but... From the sound of it, it sounds like it was really, really worth it for you. So Yeah, and have fun. Life is about having fun. Definitely. <laughs> I can definitely get behind that one as well. But yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> and I cannot stay like wait to stay updated on all your adventures and feeling so inspired by the way that you're helping to redefine kind of what the workplace means and what how it's possible to really meld your passions and monetize your passions to just live a happier, healthier lifestyle. Thank you. I'm so happy to be a part of this. Thank you so much for having me on here. And I can't wait till we meet up again somewhere yeah, in the world. We're going to make it happen. <laughs> That's yeah. part two of Mexico. <laughs> Sounds good. But yeah, thank you again. And everyone who's listening, until next time. <laughs>